This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to another Cravings podcast with Pete Dillon online at joy.org.au forward slash cravings and live Saturdays from 1pm on Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Exploring all that's finest in food and beverage across Melbourne and Victoria. Sponsored by La Spaghettata. Over 35 years of food, family and fun at 238 Ligon Street, Carlton. Wine and dine with La Spaghettata for an authentic Italian experience. Pasta, wine, seafood, steak and so much more. Dine in and enjoy the authentic sights and sounds of Ligon Street. Or order takeaway now via Deliveroo, Uber Eats or Fedora. Eat, drink, love with La Spaghettata. Call 9663 6102. Visit laspaghettata.com.au or find them on Facebook. You've reached another Joy 94.9 podcast. The hottest event on the LGBTIQ calendar is the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. And Thanks to our Joy sponsors, Virgin Australia, who'll fly you there, Airbnb, who'll put you up for your stay, and GoGet, who'll drive you around in style. Then have the time of your life celebrating the Money Grab Parade with a view money can't buy at the Joy 94.9 VIP broadcast. An unforgettable experience you don't want to miss. For a chance to win, donate $5 to Joy via joy.org.au. Enter as many times as you like. There's no limits. The more times you donate $5, the more chances you have to win. But do it before Feb 17. G's and C's apply. See joy.org.au. The joy of summer. The joy of Mardi Gras. Joy 94.9. My name is Tad Lombardo. You're listening to Cravings on Joy 94.9. Today we have uh, some incredible guests to join us on the show. We've got um, in the studio with myself, um, Peter Dillon's got the day off. Uh, We have Chef Paul Wilson. And on the phone in Perth, we've got... uh, Jordan Bruno. Um, we're going to start with um, with Jordan Bruno. We've got a few questions to uh, ask about a few different things. Um, Jordan, can you hear us? Yeah, how's it going, guys? R- really good. How are you going? How's, how's it over in Perth? Yeah, good, good. The weather's a bit rainy here the last few days, but um, yeah, we've had a hot summer so far, so it's not too bad. Cool. And um, you're, you're, you, last year you were an MKR semi-finalist. You're also the author of a cookbook called The Gay Chef, and in your words... Yeah not to sound like Donald Trump, a huge mama's boy ambassador for gay rights. Uh, yeah, it's been the best thing to come from the show, so it gets to represent the gay community and do a bit of work for them, so it's a bit of an honour. That's great. And uh, you know, how's life been since the show finished up? I mean, you, you running around crazy busy? Um, and... Yeah, busy to say the least. I'm flying between Melbourne, Sydney and Perth a lot, so uh, we've got a couple of contracts, so we've just been cooking up a storm. Um, even got a couple of tourism contracts, which has been amazing. And then Good. otherwise, yeah, just life-changing. Nothing's quite been the same since. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And um, and you've authored a, a cookbook. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so I um, published a cookbook uh, towards the end of last year called The Gay Chef. Um, essentially, it just talks about my coming out story and how I turned to food Um as a source of creativity when I wasn't coping too well with my sexuality. Yeah. Um, and then it's designed with coming out stories um, from LGBT people in the Australian community and stories of depression, anxiety, and how they overcame it. Um, 
and they're all profits from the cookbook have gone to Headspace charity and also Minus 18 charity, yeah. um, raising funds to these organisations that do have an LGBT focus. Oh, that's so, pretty um, incredible. Yeah, it was a big project, but yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and if somebody wants to get a copy of your book, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, um, so all you have to do, it's real simple, is head to my website, jordanbruno.org um, or jordanbruno.com.au and then the link to the cookbook is there and it's 100% free. I wanted everyone to have access to it um, from all age ranges so you don't have to pay a price but then it does ask if you can donate to one of the charities yeah. at whatever price you think is appropriate. Um, it has them... Uh, with the actual cookbook, so you can follow through and make a donation. Oh, that's really good. And and um and how's it been going so far? Getting a lot of downloads of it and people. Yeah, you know... so um we've released about seven thousand. Yeah. Um and raised close to ten thousand dollars for the two charities. So the response has been really good. Yeah. Um and I've had a lot of messages from um, young LGBT people in the community saying it's actually helped them a lot, which is why I started it. So to even get one response like that made it all worth it but to get a few makes it yeah really worthwhile that's great and the inspiration for a lot of the recipes are, are basically from home is that right yeah well 100 percent. my mom is an amazing cook um, yeah. and yeah she she taught me a lot of the recipes and they're just the ones that i've grown up with but they're very uh homey warm recipes there's a few healthy inspirations and then just some quick ones as well so a bit of variety in there um yeah but yeah, it all stems from cooking with my beautiful mum. That's great, and um, and of course, I'm sure people remember your your mum from the show as well. Um, and the, yeah, the two exactly. of you, yeah. And and how has her life changed since um, the show finished up? Um, yeah, well, quite vastly. So she's opened up her cooking school. Yeah. Um, so she does a couple of classes a week, and then otherwise, she kind of travels around Australia with me a bit now. And yeah, I mean, she loves it far more than. She loves it a lot more than I do, to be honest. Like, she gloats about it. <laughs> right. Even when she puts a reservation at a restaurant, she calls them and she's like, and just so you know, it's Anna Bruno from, and I tell her, oh my God, you didn't, did you? But yeah, she laughs. A bit of name dropping. Um, yeah, exactly. She's a little bit of a fame whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, and, um, and you're a twin, right? You're one of a pair, is that right? Yeah, I do have a twin brother. Yeah. So I use him a lot as my... Um, in my gay campaign, so my whole family's for marriage equality, yeah. obviously, and thankfully. Um, but yeah, I like to use him as a testing point. Uh, we've both been in long relationships, and we both want similar futures. So he's kind of my direct comparison to that I like to give people that are struggling with the concept of why um, LGBT people should have equal rights and right. equal marriage rights in particular. That's great. And, and which one of you guys is the evil twin? The evil twin, to be honest, probably me. He's so um, <laughs> sweet and nice. Not that I'm evil per se, but I'm probably more naughty than he is. Okay, well, that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah. You can change roles every now and again too. I'm sure it's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might switch in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And um, and what's next for you? You're you're off to Mardi Gras, is that right? Um, yes, yeah, so I will be at also Pride, and then I come back to Perth for a few nights, and then at Mardi Gras. Yeah. Um, actually, going over. Um, to represent Gay Ski Week Queenstown. So oh, okay. um, I'm an ambassador for them, and they have an amazing winter gay holiday. So I'll be doing some promotions and releasing some deals at Sydney Pride. So if you're there, come check me out, please, and I can tell you all about it. But it's pretty amazing what they're doing there. It's very community-based. Yep. That's great. Um, yeah, otherwise, I do a bit of food marketing now, um, and I've got a contract with Cole, so a lot more cooking. 
Oh, that's really good. Why would I miss Cheyenne? Amazing synth, yeah. That's great. And I, I read an article that, that was, you know, a couple of days before Christmas, you were actually involved in an accident. Yes, yeah, so, right? um, so, actually, yes, yeah, so I was involved in a car accident yeah. um, with four other men, and just this week, they caught them last week. Great. And I've actually just done the lineup for them this week, so I will be going to court to press charges. So Good. dragging on a little bit, this all happened before Christmas, and yeah, just in the process of organizing a court date now, and then going through and following up, and hopefully Great. there's consequences for them. Yes, well, there should be, that's for sure. And um, But you, yeah, you're well, okay in the end, other than being shaken up, is that, that's right? And, yeah, and, I was okay. To yeah. be honest, um, look, they were saying some very hateful words towards um, the gay community yeah. in particular. Um, and then, yeah, they just went ahead and beat up my car and myself, right. which wasn't ideal, obviously. And then, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. I've never been exposed to anything like that, but it just shows how far we have to go. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm really glad that you're okay, and I think it's important, too, that um, these things really need to be reported, um, which is, you know, sometimes hard yeah, when you're a victim of it. Yeah, consequences. Yeah. Um, and you need to follow through and make sure they are prosecuted. It is a process. It is time-consuming, and it might not be worth it in the short term, but in the long term, you might be saving someone else. Definitely. Well, listen, thank you so much for um, speaking with us today, and um, we'll oh, get in touch good. again and, and um, have you on the show again sometime soon. Thanks for everything. Thank you and, so and, much. I appreciate um, it. You have a good day, and, and um, yeah, have a good morning in Perth. You too. Have a good day in Melbourne. All the best. Thank you. You too. Um, we're going to uh, listen to a few messages from our um, sponsors and service announcements, and we will be back with Paul Wilson. Hey there, it's Jace, head of Joy Production, here to talk up our Joy podcast service. Last month, our community downloaded around 34,000 Joy podcasts. Check them out when you get a bit of downtime and find out why our audience is loving what's on offer. Visit joy.org.au forward slash podcasts to view our most recently posted episodes, head to iTunes or your podcast app to find your favorite program a mix of content you might have missed live, and a range of fresh podcast material you'll only find on podcast. It's easy to subscribe to the program of your choice, whether you're viewing at joy.org.au or on your phone, which means you won't miss any future episodes. Get away from your busy day. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them, at joy.org.au and via iTunes. Welcome back to Cravings. My name is Tad Lombardo, and Peter Dillon has the day off today. It is about quarter past one and it's 21 degrees outside at the moment with a top of 26 expected. Um, with me in the studio today is Chef Paul Wilson. Um, uh, Paul's been credited with serving some of Australia's most exciting food. The, the, the restaurants that are associated with your name are actually quite incredible. Um, the list is, you know, Prince of Wales Hotel, Circle Bar and Restaurant, Eklund Street Cantina, and the list goes on, as well as the accolades, the, the chef hats, the, you know, chef of the year. Um, and he's also an author of, of several books. So we're going to be talking about the most recent book and also um, the most recent um, uh, restaurant. Welcome to the, the show, Paul. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, Tad. Thanks for having me. I can't believe you gave Pete the day off as well. I didn't actually give it to him. He he's on a it. beach somewhere. He in is, this, I think he? he's on a beach getting a massage somewhere. So, Lucky man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll, we'll talk to him about that later. <laughs> but no, he does wish that he could be here. So we had a bit of a technical issue with uh, his Wi-Fi. So his, his um, satellite link comp wasn't going to be working very well. <laughs> All that sunblock got in the way. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, tell us about um, what's happening in, in your world. Uh, the new restaurant is um, 
you know, it's been credited by Gourmet Traveler as one of the most anticipated openings of 2017. Oh, so. they're very nice at Gourmet. Um, it's been a titanic couple of years getting this restaurant built and, um, you know, get fun and games with local council and, and a bit of, you know, <laughs> politics with um, the wonderful Prime Market. But, you know, all that said, it's uh, looking incredible. And uh, I had a great opportunity to write a book during that period um, about one of my favorite food cultures yeah. in Mexico. It's a taqueria cookbook. Um, it's basically new style, fun, friendly Mexican cooking, celebrating the taco and uh, highlighting some of the sort of extraordinary supplies we have in Australia and some of the amazing ingredients we grow here, very similar to Latin America. And we've got a very similar climate. I just wanted to sure. sort of, you know, um, expose real Mexican food to uh, the Australian community. Um, there's a lot of fun Mexican food, uh, which is not necessarily authentic and authentically flavoured, so I thought it'd be great to sort of showcase some really interesting flavours and some great ingredients. Um, was that yeah. your therapy for uh, dealing with the restaurant? That's a very good point. It was a therapy, actually, yeah. yeah. No, certainly, when you, when you build a restaurant, you're not thinking about things you love, like food and, yeah. and, 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 and beverages and, and, and design. You're thinking about sort of stressful things like builders and, and yeah. you know, and, and budgets, and so... Uh, writing a cookbook was probably the got got, got me over the line, I guess, yeah. and uh, seeing that sort of published in December was wonderful, and um, it's selling well. So Good. it's sort of a nice little segue into what we're doing with the restaurant, which is sort of not a non-typical restaurant. You know, we're right. trying to sort of mix things up because we're at a very important food destination, the Pram Market, and we wanted to sort of we feel the area needs something um, which connects to the community and, and it's fun and exciting and interesting it's got a great design story yep. uh, really um, amazing seasonal produce mostly biodynamic produce so it's got a real sort of well-being aspect um, we're, we're hero in certain things you, you you celebrate at the market so amazing seafood amazing ethically raised meats um, biodynamic vegetables um, your wonderful chocolate um, you. you know Thank some you. fantastic coffee all the things we all love at, at the pram market yep. you find in our restaurants that's incredible and um, with the with the design concept for the restaurant, you know, can you go into a little bit about that? Just to give a, the the listeners a bit of an idea of what they can expect when they get absolutely. In. We want to choose a design team which is, is sort of new and up up and coming. Um, we've got some amazing designers in Australia, especially in the restaurant space. And yeah. once they become popular, they really do. And so every restaurant you see is done by the same team, um, which is you know great for them. But then yeah. you know how do you keep the, the sort of wheel turning? So we thought we'd bring a, a, a new team in, Kessie Lane Studio. She does a lot of luxury homes, and yeah. um, we gave her a brief of creating this sort of sexy uh, market vibe at night with a sort of luxe urban edge. I think Melbourne, when I arrived here 15 years ago, was a very edgy sort of urban landscape, and we had, you know, real cool designers like Chris Connell and, and really beautiful sort of restaurants which are un, un, understated. Yeah. So we try to bring a bit of that um, sort of restraint to the design um, aspect, but it's still very um, interesting, lots of great textures and colours and materials, um, and certainly by day has a really different vibe to by night. Yeah. Got a six-metre cocktail bar, um, um, and we've got a beautiful glass house being built over the front of our restaurant, which have a wow. very lush tropical feel. Um, so it's a, a real escape from the daily grind, you know, and, and so you step into this sort of wonderland of design and food and, and great drinks. That's amazing. Um, I've had the opportunity to peek my head in the window a little bit here and there, and it's, it is exactly all that um, that you described as, as the, the concept. It certainly has come to, um, to full life now, and, and it won't be too much longer, I think, that... 
Definitely, we, we, it's, it's a big project, and yeah. you know, if you're smart, you try and do it in a in a sort of civilized way. We want a, um, an evolution rather than a revolution, Tad. You know, yes. and so <laughs> we're doing it in three stages. We're opening a tuck shop, which is like a gastronomic hole in the wall. Which, as you enter the market, you turn left, you'll see a beautiful mural painted by a local yep. artist, and it's basically a, a wonderful coffee plant. And that sort of it's like a sort of um, signature app to sort of say you can get amazing coffee here by St. Ali. There's yep. some great street drinks based on drinks I saw in Latin America. When you visit the markets in Latin America, there's so many exotic fruits. They make wonderful cold-pressed sort of yeah. iced teas. Um, they're great pit stop when you're traveling through the market. You need a little bit of energy, you know. Shopping great, gets though. a bit stressful. And yeah. uh, there's some wonderful uh, chocolate dishes by a very famous pastry chef called Tad Lombardo, you might know. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, he's, we've spent a couple of hours at St. Ali Coffee have. pairing uh, chocolate to coffee. Because you have single-origin coffee. Why not have single-origin chocolate? And why yep. don't they go together? And we discovered some great flavor matches, I think, that day. That was um, fun. It was a lot of fun. And the Colombian coffee, which we're serving, it's got lovely, nutty, caramelized chocolate sort of notes and goes really well with Tad's cake. Um, so you can have a lovely chocolate and coffee hit all in one go. And then you've got some great sandwiches and street foods, uh, biodynamic salads. Um, we've got a rotisserie and a smoker, which is will cook lovingly low and slow meats. Um, yeah. And some beautiful vegetable sort of flavors with the meats, like braised brassicas with tomatoes and anchovies. And and porchetta rolls with pumpkin marmalade and wood-roasted organic chicken with avocado and biodynamic rockets, celeriac and tar- tarragon remoulade. I mean, I'm getting hungry talking yes, about I it, am too. Uh, Ted, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a very, very um, sort of exciting place to sort of grab something to eat and drink and then do your shopping. But it's also, it sounds like it's, it's, it's an experience that people are going to have as well like with the design of the restaurant. They're going to be able to go there and, and really let their hair down and relax and enjoy the food and the drink and or the coffee or whatever it is that they're going there for. And um, um, it, it, it's kind of like an oasis amongst this craziness of the Peran market that it can be sometimes. That's very well put. It is really an oasis. We sort of call it a lifestyle cafe yeah. where you can go and feel good and switch off and recharge your batteries and, you know, and, and do things um, which make you feel good. Um, yeah, which is important nowadays. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on out in the world, and I think it's important to go and... and to be able to get a good cup of coffee or, or a nice piece of cake or whatever it might be, um, just to to enjoy it a bit more. No, we deserve it. I mean, we're so much pressure to sort of uh, to sort of live fast and work hard yeah. and forget about relaxing sometimes. And yeah. um, it doesn't have to be around alcohol too. It can be around sort of you know good, healthy, well-being centric food and beverage, um, which gives you energy and it makes you feel better. Um, yes. And that's really important. Food should nourish you and make you feel better. And you can have some fun in the evening, of course, but, you know, during the day you want to go somewhere where, you know, you feel good about what you've ate, eaten and drunk, yeah. you know. And and I guess also knowing that it's um, the, the quality of the produce has been literally handpicked from the market, which is right there um and then expertly prepared and and you know whether it's an ethical meat or or a you know produce that's been um you know lovingly grown by a a farmer you know not that far out of melbourne that sort of thing which is really part of it as well isn't it and and keeping things local if you can we're blessed with such amazing markets in melbourne we're sport with local produce which is unparalleled to most cities in the world everything grows a couple of hours away it's it's fresh out the farm to your table i mean food you find in the supermarket sadly is you know from all over the world it's out of season it's mostly uh grown with sort of support from various sort of you know um 
sort of genetically modified, yeah. for want of a better word, and we're, we're sort of promoting natural food, and the food you find at the pram market, I mean, it's, everyone says it's an expensive market, but, you know, you're paying for someone who's been on his hands and knees planting seeds and nurturing his fields and, you know, yeah, and bringing wonderful food to you, you know. It's interesting you, you say that because I, being a trader at the market myself for many years now, you, you do hear that a lot of people have that feedback that it's an expensive market. And, and I have to disagree, actually, because, you know, quality costs something. You're not going to get quality for nothing. If you're buying a Mercedes-Benz, it's going to cost you more than a, a lesser quality vehicle. Um, and, and I also think at the market, too, you're also getting ex- people's expertise um, and, and you're getting an education. Every one of the traders there know they're experts in their field. And that's all part of it. It's part of the, the overall so. experience. So, um, yeah, I, I think um, a lot of times that it, the market gets a bum rap for that because it's, it's, it's actually not when you really look at it. Um, very much so. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, it's thankfully it's not for everyone because yeah. it's more for you and I, if you know what I mean. Yeah, more definitely. for the people that love food. Yeah. But, you know, you are what you eat. And when you have proper, you know, naturally raised food versus supermarket food, it's night and day. It's like, you know, single origin coffee versus Nescafe. They're both coffee, but they don't taste the same. <laughs> That's um, right. So it depends how much you value what you eat. And, That's uh, right. you know, certainly. It's an important, important part of your life. Um, so. Well, it is. And, and I think people are willing. You know, people work really hard these days. They have to. And I think when, when they want to let their hair down and, you know, go out to a restaurant, they, they're willing to pay for that sort of, you know, that quality and, and to know that they are eating something that's been, you know, prepared and, and prepared well and, um, you know, from the, the point of, of growing all the way to the table. And, and I think, you know, that's the beauty of, of you know, your concept for the restaurant is is kind of really encompasses all that. Yeah, we want to remind people, you know, how special Melbourne is and how special our food is and our farmers, how talented they are. And yeah. and people like yourself and, and some of our butchers and fishmongers and, and the people behind the cheese and everything has a wonderful story and, and, and a wonderful commitment, um, which, you know, you don't always get these days in restaurants. It's, it's, it's obsessed with trends and obsessed with sort of, yeah. um, you know, food cultures which are sort of uh, fashionable, um, you know, it doesn't really sort of speak about the, the food we grow. No, that's right. And um, we definitely want to talk more about that. Oh, we're going to take a quick break, and um, we will speak more with Paul Wilson. Cravings will be back shortly, so don't go too far. But if you do miss anything, you'll hear it on The Cravings Podcast at joy.org.au forward slash cravings via iTunes or your favorite podcast site. Sponsored by La Spaghettata. Over 35 years of food, family and fun at 238 Ligon Street, Carlton. Wine and dine with La Spaghettata for an authentic Italian experience. Pasta, wine, seafood, steak and so much more. Eat, drink, love with La Spaghettata. Call 9 9- Visit lasbagatata.com.au or find them on Facebook. My name is Tad Lombardo, and you're listening to Cravings. Uh, In the studio with me today is Chef Paul Wilson, and we're going to continue to talk about um, his new restaurant venture and um, and a little bit more about the book. Um, Paul, we were just talking during the break about um, Commercial Road and how it's sort of experiencing a a kind of a rebirth or a renaissance, if you'd like to say. it certainly is. The, the face of, of Commercial Road is certainly changing a lot, and, and it is coming back to life, um, obviously with the help of your restaurant. And uh, it's it's really exciting to see that happen. I mean, I, like I said, I've been at the market for a while, and, and there was a bit of a downturn on Commercial Road, and a lot of businesses packed up and left, unfortunately. Um, but it's so nice to see that changing. 
Yeah, I think um, all the amazing work a lot of the restaurateurs and bar owners have done in sort of Chapel Street Windsor has sort of given them a lot more confidence that there's 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 sort of opportunity there. Um, and I think Commercial Road is a bit of a sleeping giant. It's just yeah. segue to some great suburbs, Armadale and, and most of South Yarra. And then you have the sort of all the fun of Chapel Streets, and you're very close to Bayside too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great opportunity, and, and I think you'll see a lot more restaurants and bars come into the area um, because of, you know, there's opportunity. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're very excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because when I first moved to Melbourne 21 years ago, Commercial Road was sort of the the, the gay epicenter. Um, and then that, as businesses moved out, that, that changed, obviously, and, um, and it shifted to other parts of Melbourne. Um, and... So, you know, from that point of view, it is really nice to see new life in the place. And, and you know, it's just going to be incredible. And, and your restaurant, there's, there's outdoor seating as well. Is that right? Um, yeah, we've kind of captured a bit of the market square, which yeah. is um, it, it, there's a bit of a sort of three-year plan with Pram Market. They really want to rejuvenate that square. So some new tenants coming in, which will add sort of quality food and beverage uh, to the traders and the shoppers. And then at the front got this sort of glass sort of structure over the front of our restaurant which creates a sort of outdoor indoor bar for 80 people wow so really good sort of people watching opportunity and yeah. just chilling out and uh having some lovely food and, and great wines by the glass and um our wine sort of philosophy is um, created by one of the legends in our industry up and coming yeah. legends virginia Selleck. she's um Worth all the great sort of wine experts at um, Rockpool with David Lawyer yeah. and the Prince Wine Store with Philip Rich, and she was the sommelier at uh, Bellotta, and now she's going out on her own with a new wine company called Magnums and Queens, amazing yeah. online wine um, distribution business. You should check that out, Magnums and Queens, and essentially yeah. she's writing our wine list, and the brief is to really be disruptive and and you know reshape the way we think about wine and, and wine and food, and particularly wine with seafood and vegetables. Yeah. Um, and we've got one of the best barmen creating a really interesting list about white spirits. We've had a great sort of uh, renaissance in cocktails in Melbourne and certainly brown spirits and that prohibition sure. vibes in really strong. And we think, you know, our, our sort of customer wants something a little bit fresher, a bit lighter, a bit more clean and, and white spirits like gin and vodka. Yeah. Uh, in particularly the G&T and being a, being a pom myself, I thought got to do something which sort of yep. um, represents a bit of my heritage and gin and tonic and we've got some incredible gins being made now in in, in australia and tasmania and kangaroo island um, parts of south australia uh, even victoria you can, you can have australian gin which is really world class yes and um, we're infusing the tonics making our own tonic with fruit, fruits and herbs and infusions from the pram markets so that's quite interesting too um, yep. So yeah, good beverage program, quality beverage program. There's a lot of um, a lot of dive bars in the area and a lot of pubs. So yes. we want to sort of do something which is a bit more considered. Yep. Um, so you can still you know kick back and have fun, but um, not feel so overwhelmed. That's great. It's interesting you mentioned the gin too. I love a, a good a proper gin and tonic, and uh, especially on a hot day. And um, you know we're in the process of actually um, doing some planning for the next chocolate um, festival at the Paran Market. And one of the things I wanted to do was a, a gin and chocolate pairing. Great idea. Yeah. yeah, and it's something one of those things that a lot of people would think is crazy to do, but it's it's actually something that I think would work really well. So yeah, chocolate um, and spice is terrific. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. And um, and the whole process of of 
distilling gin is quite interesting. It's just like making tea, really. Exactly right. Just on a larger scale. Yes. So right. it's, it's um, yeah, it's quite fascinating what you can do with the flavors. Four Pillars in the Yarra Valley, they make a gin with Seville oranges. Yes. Um, and the flavors are amazing, especially if you have a Negroni, which is sort of based yep. around that sort of bittersweet flavor profile. So, yeah, there's some really interesting spirits out there. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Um, about Just getting back to the process of creating... A, a new restaurant concept in a in a, 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 a an empty space basically you know what what would you say would be your your favorite part and maybe your least favorite part of that process or, or the 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 start to finish of that it's sort of making a dead space work is probably the most interesting um exciting part of it and you look for inspiration in the areas and to give you a sort of a food identity and i suppose i was blessed by having the prayer market as sort of the the, the, the inspiration, if you like, and yeah. you walk through the prayer market. I, personally, I get overwhelmed with all the sort of abundance of produce and yeah. all the varieties of different ethnic foods. And I, I'm sorry, I leave there with ten bags. You know, <laughs> I want it for one thing, and um, I wanted to sort of create a restaurant a bit like that. So it's yeah. sort of um, you walk in the restaurant. And there's lots of visual activity from different stations. There's a, there's a wood rotisserie bar. There's a wonderful crustacea bar. There's a working wine wall. There's a six-meter cocktail bar. There's indoor-outdoor elements. So as you, you walk in in this space, and you're really a bit, not confused, but you, you almost, every time you come back to the space, you'll have a different experience. Um, and so take, seeing that sort of come to life and seeing customers sort of celebrate it, I think, will be the most rewarding part of it. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, seeing a shell turn into this beautiful sort of um, hospitality sort of venue is sort of, you know, very satisfying. That's yeah. That's it's. I guess it's such a process too. It it um, there's so many things to think about. I mean, from from you know power supplies to the floor finishes. Big time. To, yeah. You know, it's um, it can be quite overwhelming. I'd imagine. We're lucky we don't have too many residents in, in our area directly above yeah. us, so we weren't sort of challenged like some um, restaurateurs are. Yeah. But certainly, plumbing was a massive issue. The rest that space hasn't been utilized in its entirety for. 20 years right um and electrics as well once we realized the sort of ex- the sort of uh, the power we needed that was you know like another sort of four months to develop the right power grid and right um so yeah lots of hurdles um and things you don't expect and we just have to sort of stick to your guns and yeah. um make sure you've got deep pockets essentially <laughs> and keep your eye on the on the end game there really that's yeah, the other part that's right. of that too and um yeah, and I guess like I said, the the most favorite part is when you when your doors are open and you're you're doing what you set out to do, and um and and people are there and, and enjoying it and enjoying the space that you created and um and, and and seeing that vision come to fruition. That's why we do what we do. I think yeah. Tad, it's it's all about that sort of um you know exchange with a customer and the acknowledgement of your work. Um, you know, we sort of crave it yeah. on the pun, and you know and. <laughs> You know, we're obsessed about what we do, and so we really need that validation. Um, and restaurateurs, obviously, the commercial ventures, but you, you know, you do it because you want to add something to the sort of uh, community. You want to yeah. add something to a design story. You want to train people who've been loyal to you, and you want them to increase their knowledge and, and go yeah. further in their career. So there's a lot of things, you, you know, you do it for. Uh, mostly, it's you know, you're a small business. You want to become, you know, a successful business, but yeah. you also want to give something back to the community i think yeah and there's a lot of flow on from that too uh, and not just to the direct employees but to the growers and to the to everybody that's involved from the that whole process of selecting produce and um and and going through and and it just sort of creates a bit of a, a nice cycle 
there's so many people involved with the restaurant. You know, when the stokehouse burnt down, yeah, you know, it wasn't just that restaurant that was affected. It was all the all the all the suppliers, all the farmers. Right. All, you know, there's so many people involved with the big restaurant, yeah. um, and so many people rely on its success. So it's a huge responsibility, and um, so you have to have you know a, a lot of sort of dedication and yes. uh, make sure that. Um, you know, you're, you're not selfish and you're thinking about your customer all the time. Yeah. All right, we need to take another quick break and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. We are back with Paul Wilson in the studio. Paul, it's a tradition on this show that um, all chefs that come in, uh, we ask the difficult question of what is your secret food shame? Secret food shame? Hmm... I don't know if I have one. I suppose <laughs> if I'm ever hungover, which does happen a fair bit, I have to say, <laughs> when I'm working in the restaurant, because you always have a knockoff drink, then a one too many, and before you know it. Anyway, um, instant noodles, I pit mine up a fair bit. Yeah. Um, I use chicken stock instead of water, and um, I always have some beautiful scallions and, and some nice sort of broccoli, and add some vegetables to it, so I feel less guilty. Um but a good bowl of noodles is a cure for any hangover, let me tell you. That's perfect. I'll have to try that next time, although I don't, I don't get out much. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, getting back to your, your, your new book, um, Takaria, uh, am I saying that right? Takaria. It's all about yeah. the Ria, they tell me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, what is your, f- this is your third book, is that right? It's my third book, yeah, second, yep. second Mexican book. And. Um, it's sort of focusing on the things which we love, like the tacos. They say a taco is the sort of knife, fork, spoon, plate, serviette of Mexico. Without yep. tacos, you can't really eat Mexican food. And in, in Australia, we eat wheat flour tacos, which are right. like having sort of, I don't know, like mighty white, very really thin and round, and it's not particularly authentic or delicious. And there's a chap in Kensington, uh, Gerard Lopez, who makes this incredible uh, tortillas with nixtamal corn. He's a, he's a, he's a New Yorker yep. like yourself, and... Um, He's an academic, and he worked for Deloitte, and he's climbed Mount Everest, and he right. fell in love with an Australian lady, moved back to Melbourne, and saw a gap in the market, and he was frustrated by Australian tortillas, and so he's made perfect uh, fermented corn tortillas, and that process is called Nix Tamal, and you can buy his tortillas at La, to- La Tortilla, right. and they are, like, unbelievable. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, the flavors are incredible. So we focus on him and his tacos, some beautiful salads, some great drinks. There's amazing drinks in this food culture, too. Like yeah. Margaritas. I mean, how good's a margarita? I mean, who doesn't like a margarita? And we do a few flavors, a few yeah. riffs on margaritas with different fruits. And guacamole. And the guacamole is like the go-to dish for everyone. Sure. And you can make guacamole with anything, really. Sweet potatoes, pumpkins. Uh, you can put different toppings. You can really pimp them up and make them extraordinary or, or super healthy. Whatever you yeah. want to do. You can add bacon to them and, and all sorts of naughty things, too. So it's really <laughs> sort of taking the guac to a new level for the home cook. Right. And um, again, being my background in engineering, I like to know about the process of things and, and how, like in the mind, how you think of it. You know, what, what, what's the, um, the most favorite part of the writing of the book from your point of view? Um, it's finding sort of um, chapters which take people on a bit of a journey, I think, and, and how the book is designed and, and, and the, the styling yeah. is very important. I think, unfortunately, because we live in a digital age, um, people sort of don't buy as cookbooks like they used to. Yeah. So you've got to make them really colorful and beautiful, and you've got to have chapters which connect to the market you're trying to sort of appeal to. So I suppose all that research, all that study, and then talking to the design team, coming up with a sort of process for the actual yeah. shoot, um, 
the actual sort of process is the most exciting thing. And then you see the finished product and you go, well, that was an idea one day and now it's on a shelf. You know, yeah. it's, it's, very, it's very sort of satisfying. And what sort of time frame from start to finish from the, the concept through to the being on the shelf? How, how, how long does that normally uh, a min- Minimum six months, I, I right. suggest. And we had to do this one quickly. And I yeah. had a lot of material from my last book. Yeah. Um, so the, the publisher was keen and they, and they gave me a month. Um, a month? A month. Really? And publishers are, are you know, they've this, it's like publishers and, and divorce lawyers are very similar. <laughs> and, um, you know, they don't, there's no mercy there. And no. uh, so, you gotta, so you don't muck around, let me tell you. I can't believe they gave you a month to create this amazing <laughs> book. That's, that's, you know, what if you got writer's block or something? Or, you know, what do you do? <laughs> you, you, get, you get in trouble, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either do it or not. That's well, the end of the day. Um, and the the... Is it hard sometimes to come up with new recipes? I mean, you know, when you're you're talking about a whole cookbook, um, and obviously you you you're you're putting in there things that you would obviously enjoy yourself. Um, you know, is it is it difficult to 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 try to find you know new recipes to put into to like a you know obviously the cuisine is is the same as the uh, your your previous book. Um, yeah, how do you how do you yeah, deal with that? I sort of produce is my sort of inspiration. Yeah. Um, so I go to the markets and and farmers markets and even the supermarkets. As much as I reluctantly sort of go to supermarkets, but you've got to understand what people can buy. Yeah. And so you you have ingredients you know they can get their hands on. Then you t- take it, you dial it back and go. So how do I make a dish out of this? Right. How, you know how can I sort of convert this into something which is interesting and quick to cook. And has a Mexican accent, um, right? So that's basically the process. It's, it's starting with the ingredients, and the ingredients here in Australia they inspire you. And um, yeah. you know, when you travel through Mexico, and travel is really important. Once yeah. you travel for a, a foreign country, you come back full of ideas. You've been exposed to so many new things. Um, so I think that process of traveling and then produce, yeah. and then that gets your creative juices flowing. Yeah, yeah, and the ingredients are different too, and that's that's why I guess. In Mexico, you might have some, you know, a certain taco that that tastes a certain way, and um, and I guess you may not necessarily be able to replicate that industry because we don't have that ingredient, or it's not, you know, um, it's not grown the same way. That that sort of thing that comes into it, and um, that's yeah. right. Yeah, there's always something similar though. Um, and uh, Mexican food, I mean, I believe that it was one of the first food cultures, and because of the Spanish and the Spanish conquistadors, they sort of, they, you know, they sort of travelled through the whole of the world and gave us these ingredients, and food was traded yeah. a, as a currency. And um, so you'll see a lot of similarities in, in Southeast Asian food culture that you will in Mexican. So you, you know, you find things at an Asian market you would find in a Mexican market. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know where to look, you'll find these things. Right. Okay. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. Cars, cooking, cruises, we have it all. Weekends on Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is uh, Cravings. And again, we've got um, Chef Paul Wilson in the studio with us. Um, Paul, um, when does the restaurant open? Well, we'll do this three stages. So that a little hole in the wall we're calling the tuck shop that opens March the 1st. Then the Lifestyle Cafe, April. So that's table service. Yep. Uh, breakfast and lunch, um, five days. And then we're opening the whole business for seven days. Uh, um, basically, the bar and the, and the dining room will be open, as well as the cafe and the tuck shop. So that'd be May. And then it's a big holiday for you after that? That's right. <laughs> that's I'll, be, I'll be on a beach somewhere. No, I won't be. I'll be in the kitchen and making sure everything's delicious. Uh, oh, that's good. I, I know, a well-deserved holiday because, like I said, I've seen the whole the process of, of the restaurant being built and the 
the pain and suffering that that includes. <laughs> it's like birthing a child, isn't it? It's very much so. Yes. <laughs> Not that I know, but I just can only imagine. Um, and that would be without an epidural. <laughs> right. Very well said. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, the, the 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 whole concept is is going to be amazing. I, I can't wait to see it when it's completely finished and and everything's you know nice and shiny and um, it's um it's going to be great not just for the market. It's going to be great for Commercial Road. Nothing is going to be great for Melbourne. We've got another incredible restaurant to um to to come and enjoy and um that that's really exciting. Thanks, Taylor. Well, look, we're looking forward to sort of welcome everyone very soon. I know it's been a long time coming, but uh, it's, it'll be worth it, trust me. And um, it'll be like an institution for you know it, hopefully. So we look forward to seeing you all very soon. Yeah, well, they say, you know, nothing good comes easy. And, and as, as awful as that is while you're going through it, it is true. Um, you know, the hard work does pay off in the end. And uh, you've got something that can, uh, you know, basically um, be proud of. So um, it's, yeah, it's it's a, a, a it's a a testament to your team as well that you have and, and the people that, that you have around you and and your wife. Um, my wife sitting next to me. <laughs> sitting next to you. Staring, your wife. Your wife. But, no, but it's true. No. <laughs> no, there is so many, so many people to thank and um, certainly there'll be more people to thank when we open. It's, it's a sort of the race starts. You finish one and you start another one. Yes. Um, so no, very, what a great opportunity. We're very excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, I think it's, um, it's going to be one of those places to watch and and i agree with the gourmet traveler that it's going to be one of the uh the most anticipated openings in um, 2017 and it's going to be um quite an incredible experience and and i'm looking forward to being a part of that so it's going to be great for um for our food culture which is really what melbourne's known for um we are going to be going to hand over the uh the uh, tools to the escape pod um and we will see you next week same time same place Thanks for listening to another Cravings podcast with Pete Dillon online at joy.org.au forward slash cravings and live Saturdays from 1pm on Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Exploring all that's finest in food and beverage across Melbourne and Victoria. Sponsored by La Spaghettata. Over 35 years of food, family and fun at 238 Ligon Street, Carlton. Wine and dine with La Spaghettata for an authentic Italian experience. Pasta, wine, seafood, steak and so much more. Dine in and enjoy the authentic sights and sounds of Ligon Street. Or order takeaway now via Deliveroo, Uber Eats or Fedora. Eat, drink, love with La Spaghettata. Call 9663 6102. Visit au or find them on Facebook. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.